Hello, I'm Todd Van Allen, and welcome to OK, So Here's One, a podcast celebrating street jokes. You know what street jokes are? Two bananas walk into a purolator office. That sort of thing. Street jokes are fantastic, and every episode, we invite our guests to come in and tell us their favorite street joke. This episode, our guest is Jonathan Jones, the bass player for the Texas-based country outfit, the Eli Young Band. Uh, we were able to get a hold of him when the band was uh, playing up at Falls View Casino. Uh, a lot of our musical guests kind of come in through there, so we were happy to have Jonathan on board. You can find everything you need to know about the Eli Young Band at EliYoungBand.com. So now, without further ado, here is Jonathan Jones. Jonathan, it's fantastic to have you here. It's good to be here. Yes, thank you so much. So, where are you right now? What's uh, like, uh, like, what city are you in? We are in. This is my first time here. Uh, we are in Horseheads, New York. Horsehead, New York. Horseheads. Horseheads. I'm sorry. I was okay. I didn't realize there was a collective. It's a, is it yeah. a? Uh, <laughs> is it an archipelago? Is it a settlement of like what? Horseheads. It is a. It is a small town. I think kind of upstate New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I haven't left the parking lot, so I, don't, I okay. can't really tell you too much. It's one All of those right. things you wake up, you're there, and yep, some, it's raining outside, so I'm probably not going to find out too much about the area. I'm but assuming I'm assuming it's like upstate New York. That that sounds upstatey to me. It, it really does. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've uh, I, I have performed in upstate New York as well. Uh, the people are great. You'll be fine. Um, That'll be a good show. You know. Yeah. Um. So uh, so how long how long have you been like part of the outfit? How how long have you been part of like the Eli Young band? Yeah, so uh, it's, there's four of us, and we started in college, and we've been together for 22 years. So it's been, wow. it's been the four of us the whole time. Uh huh. Yeah, because I saw like you, like you've got quite a few albums to your to your name, right? Um, was it always the Eli Young Band? Uh, there was a while where it was Eli, the Eli and Young Band. Okay, and we dropped the and. Okay, there, there's nobody named Eli Young, but okay. uh, our guitar player and lead singer. This is back when we were in college together. Mm-hmm. They were playing uh, like little acoustic sets, sure, just cover songs and a few songs they had written. And on the marquee at the the bar that we always went to, I uh, just said, "Tonight, come see Eli and Young." Right, uh, James Young. Everybody's called, called him Young James, and mm-hmm. then Mike Eli. So that's kind of where that started. And right. then Chris and I, the drummer, and myself, hopped up on stage with them, played a few songs. It was fun, and twenty two years later, here we are. Nice. Now, what? Uh, sorry, what's uh, what city was this in that this all started in? Oh, uh, so yeah, this is uh, in Denton, Texas, kind of Dallas-Fort Worth area, okay. uh, college town. Yep, University of North Texas is mm-hmm. where we went. I was just down there in in Dallas recently. It's lovely. It is. It's nice. Yeah, really. It's a really really nice town. I could see like, uh, and you know, obviously, country music is going to be slightly okay there. Uh, pe- it's okay, but it's a, it's a, there's a different breed of uh, country, especially okay. when we were kind of coming up. Texas country uh-huh. uh, is it's like the national stuff that comes out of Nashville, but slightly different, it's slightly more open, a little more rock, a little more raw. And that was kind of the scene that we started in playing all the college towns and then gradually making our way across the country. And, right. um, you know, got to deal our record label and most of our people out of Nashville, but we still, we still live in Texas. We live in the suburbs in the Dallas Fort Worth area. So what, so what was that like coming into it? Cause, cause this would have been in the two thousands roundabout. Yep, started yep. in two thousand. Yeah. So back then, like I, I like as, as I go through it, there was sort of like this huge kind of country hit that was becoming popular, kind of it, across North America globally, you know for sure. But like, uh, like Garth Brooks was really hitting massively, mm-hmm. like like around that time. So 
and it was it was definitely a departure. Like it seemed to me within that community, there was a rift between here's the new stuff that's coming out, and here's sort of like the also like well, like what historically were you listening to over the course that sort of brought you into this? You know, I actually didn't listen to country music very much before we started the band. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, oh, yeah. and that just wasn't wasn't my scene. I played in some rock bands in high school, and uh, I've played music my whole life. Played in like jazz bands. How I got my start on, on bass, but um, you know, I've listened to a lot of like you know alternative 90s rock was kind of my scene um and then it's the 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 texas music scene was very strong uh, Uh around 2000 like pat green uh jack ingram jerry jeff walker Mm -hmm. you know on on down to like willie nelson starting all that right um so that was just kind of in the ether there in college and then when the four of us met uh, i had a lot of catch-up work to do honestly um mike and james really grew up listening to a lot more country mike very rooted in country music our singer right uh he actually made me some mix cds burn me some cds like this is what you should be listening to uh, <laughs> and it was you know like kenny chesney and um you know stuff that was really current at the time that i I was like oh you know what i i like this i think mm-hmm. um what i kind of pushed aside and when i was much younger as country was uh you know had kind of fallen back into the background the, the new stuff that was coming out you know definitely appealed to us more but we also found ourselves in, in like you know ryan adams and sunvolt mm-hmm. um more like the all country stuff right really appealed to us and then that was that kind of bridged the gap for us right uh musically to where we could find our sound i love picturing you coming in going do you guys want to do an ever clear cover no okay all right we'll just keep going uh yeah, pretty what, much yeah what <laughs> so so like you mentioned okay so like this sounds amazing and i think i think it's a testament to a your quality of 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 being a bass player is like, like you just basically threw out, Oh yeah, I was doing a lot of alternative kind of rock stuff, which is fine, you know, fine for the time. Exactly. But then you threw jazz in there. I'm like, okay, whoa, whoa, hang on. So how did, how did jazz come to the fore for you? Well, um, I mean, I started playing violin at three and then was <laughs> did that for 10 years. Yeah. It's just kind of always, music's always been in my life, but uh, my sister was the drum major in high school band leader. Uh, and I think I was still in middle school. Right. So she was just really in tight with that. I was more of a choir kid, but mm-hmm. they needed someone for, to play bass and, uh, like the jazz ensemble. Right. And my sister was like, well, my brother plays guitar, but he could do that. And so that's where I started and did that all the way through high school. Really loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's part of why I came down to North Texas for college. It's a great college of music, great jazz program. Right. Um, and you know, I've, I've, I mean, I've, listen to classical a little bit of everything. You know, I just kind of listen to a lot of oldies, you know, like you, a lot of people reject their parents' music. I embraced it. So I feel like, you know, it's, it's good to be able to listen to a little bit of everything mm-hmm. and country, uh, just wasn't the thing until we started the band. And then, right. you know, now that we're part of that community, um, you made so many friends and, and actually gone back and enjoyed a lot of the older stuff that when I was a kid just didn't hit my ears in the right way. Right. So what is so you're you're saying that you kind of grew up in the within the community itself. What is the the country music community like in Texas and that sort of thing? Like when you were kind of growing your band, because like I, I always like to see sort of like as as a comedian where the different scenes are and sort of how they grow in terms of like the, this is what this comedy scene is like. This what is the like the like the Dallas Texas country scene like like how like how did you find the growth in there yeah so dallas texas wasn't wasn't a whole lot more down like in austin um for sure it was part of the music town and surrounding areas around there uh but there was just a a really great live music scene in texas where you could people like roger crager uh who are out of texas a little bit but like kevin fowler but for the most part they make their living in texas there's Mm -hmm. a lot of great dance halls and honky tonks and like all of the all the colleges 
uh, have these great clubs to play at. And this is right really before um, social media was your way to get get out. So it was right. really still the very end of it being word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And um, there's actually a Texas music chart uh, for like little local radio stations all over Texas that support the Texas artists. So there's a good infrastructure kind of scaled down, you know, just in Texas compared to what the Nashville national country scene is. Right. But we kind of, we, we started at the same time as like Wade Bowen, uh, Randy Rogers band, a handful of other acts that, uh, had a lot of success. have had a lot of success over the years. We started, we kind of cut our teeth around the same time. So we were playing these little 500 seat clubs, mm-hmm. you know, opening up for each other and trading turns and yeah, became really good friends. It, it didn't feel uh, cutthroat at all. Okay. It did feel like a, a good community and we all run our van and trailers you know, mm-hmm. seeing each other as we're going down the highway, crossing ways, you know, all the way. Cause Texas is huge, you know, right. It's, no, um, you, you can, you can fill a whole touring calendar and never leave Texas. So, yeah. um, it was a really good place for us to, to, to get our start and get our roots and play just a ton of shows when we were at that age, when mm-hmm. that was just so much fun. Right. And you know, the very little risk and it was just, it was, it was a blast. I mean, that was in our right when we graduated from college, we were mm-hmm. starting to get a little bit of a fan base um, in some college towns outside of our own. Right, um, and so was, that was a really good time to just make that decision. All right, we've got our degrees. What do we want to do? Mm-hmm. We don't want to do anything. So let's just, uh, you know, let's see where we can take this. Right now, did you? You've also toured uh, internationally as well, like outside of the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. What what's what sort of like reach have you discovered in terms of like country music? Like like where. Where would I be surprised to find out that like Thailand absolutely loves country Western? Like, like, like where were you, where did you show up and, and pull up one night where you go, I had no idea that we were going to get this type of reception. I mean, we're actually making our way to England for the first mm-hmm. time uh, this summer. And uh, that'll be uh, a fun, a fun week to do. And it, country music is huge, huge over there. Uh, we've been to Australia twice, done right. a couple big tours over there. Yes, And yeah, it's, but as far as non-English speaking countries, we haven't, uh, the only things we've done in those countries have been for the troops, sure. playing at military bases yeah, yeah, yeah. or USO stuff. So right. I wish Thailand, man, if Thailand, that'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> worth it for the spring rolls alone. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What, uh, what was your reception with the, with the troops? Like, were you in Afghanistan? Is that where you went? Cause I've got friends of mine that have also performed, you know, for the, for the troops doing stand up. How, how was it? How was it for you? Oh, it's always great. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've been to the Bahamas, went to Greenland, went to, uh, South Korea, been to Germany, a few other places. It's it's great. Like you really get a sense of that you're bringing home to them. Good for these for these you know men and women who've been over there for a long time. It's nice to be there long enough to get a sense of like the area that they're in and and how much they really appreciate that you're there. I mean, mm-hmm. we we all we always show up bare bones. You don't have all of your gear. Don't have all the stuff that you really like to have to make it the best show possible. But they don't care. Yeah, you know they're 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 absolutely grateful and. Um, it's nice to see the people that are serving, you know, our country and, mm-hmm. um, and to be able to give back a little bit, uh, yep. it's our little way of saying thank you. And it, it's been very, very gratifying and rewarding. Awesome. So for 20 years, 20 years plus, you guys have, have all been together. Mm-hmm. What, what has been, how have you found that experience? Like what, what is life like now knowing 20 years in so like the Beatles didn't last 20 years, right? And I can, uh, I can understand why. Yeah. <laughs> So, so how, like, like, how do you guys manage sort of like your, your time together? Like what's, how, how do you keep it together so that you are all together? Cause like you, you just hear like so many, um, like so many tales of like bands that just suddenly someone has it and, and that's it. Like, like you look at 
I just took my wife recently to to see Journey, right? Mm-hmm. And they have like a new lead singer and there's like a couple of new members of the band, that sort of thing. But there's like some bands like Foreigner that are like that hammer that's been in the family for 150 years where the head's been replaced five times and the handle's been replaced eight times. So like it's really just the name floating around from venue to venue. Yeah, right. But but like you guys have, have stayed together as a collective. Like, like what – you know, how have you gotten through the rough parts uh, and and what have been the good parts for you and how are you, how are you tying that together? You know, the, the biggest arguments that we had mm-hmm. were really in the first couple of years of the band okay. when it was figuring out direction, how seriously everybody was really taking it. Mm-hmm. You know, can we really do this? What's it going to take? Uh, and once we kind of got on the same page, I would say that like our dynamic is somewhere between a marriage and a brotherhood. Right. Where it no one's leaving at this point right you know like actually at this point our resumes are too thin to go do anything else but um we we truly enjoy it most of the time Mm -hmm. and i think we've found ways to um to make it through when when we don't i mean we've had a good we've had a good stream string of of hits and and success but it's been ups and downs you know like any any career sure um i I think we get to it softens the blow a little bit Mm -hmm. when it's the four of us I, i sometimes i wonder how solo artists make it out there we always have each other and that's our mentality. And I think that's helpful, even even at times when you don't want to we don't want to see each other. Yeah. You know, in a way, COVID helped. That sure. was a, a break that we didn't want to take and mm-hmm. we didn't know that we needed. But I think um, I think we needed that that yeah. time away. It made us kind of appreciate again our friendships and everything that we do have and the fans and, and really made us appreciate getting back out on the road. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's, there's definitely some passive aggressive behavior that goes on every now and again yes. between the four of us mm-hmm. and, and, you know, things will come up and uh, it's kind of like in a marriage where uh, try not to go to bed angry. And, and if you do wake up the next morning and figure it out. Yep. No, it's, it's funny. You mentioned COVID was a nice break. It was f- so funny seeing, all of my comedy friends going, I am going to respect stage time. I'm going to respect all producers. This is, I, I've taken so much for granted. And then after the reopen, like six months in, they're like, ah, this prick won't let me on stage. And then he like, yeah, storms Yeah, that's up. true. Yeah, there, there is some of that. Like <laughs> yeah. the, the first little bit when we got back was just like, yeah, we're doing this again. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is, these are the things we didn't like about it. And yeah, we yeah. still don't like those things. Because <laughs> it. Because those get amplified because you've been away from them for so long. You're like, oh, shit, I forgot. This is horrible. Right, this aspect, right? Of, yeah, yeah, and and now we've got nine kids between the four of us oh, that are boy. all ten's the oldest, and then uh, one I think youngest has turned one. Uh-huh. So it's a lot of kids, and that's kind of the part of the dynamic that's changed over time. And and we've gone through the phases of life together, from living in the same house in college, graduating that little time after college, to dating, just partying like crazy, right? To getting married, settling down, and now mm-hmm. having kids, raising kids, just right. you know, we having those things in common. I think. If it was three out of four of us doing it mm-hmm. or one person was, you know, way into drugs or something like right. that, the, we've been able to kind of be on the same page mm-hmm. uh, as we've gone through life together, which helps. Right. And now it's just talking about what our kids are doing. And um, the difficult thing is trying to find time to to balance it all. You know, we right. we grew up in that age of all the behind the musics and all of those cautionary tales, you know, and so we don't want to we, we, we one thing that we decided we don't want to fall in those traps. We want to raise good kids uh, on our own terms and be there, be there as much as we can, which in some ways we are like we three days a week is about good for us Mm -hmm. on the road. But then we fly back home and we're there with our kids for like four days straight, which not many parents get to do. So there's some, there's some give and take. We try to try to always remind each other the the glasses is half full. Right. And and a little bit more, more than that. Uh 
and and how uh, how do your how do your respective uh, families like what is that support system like 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 are they are they wicked supportive or do, do they come and join you on the road sometimes or like how does how does that actual dynamic work less now that we have this many kids right it's just a lot I know you got a and, baseball and, and, team yeah we do yeah we do um, and we we we've got a full crew and and horn section if we needed it but uh, when we get older <laughs> but. The thing is, and as you know, kids don't care. Mm-hmm. Kids don't care if you're up late. They don't care that, like, when we're on the road at our age, we like a nice nap during the day. We like to take it easy during the day. Right. Might burn the candle a little on both ends at night. But when you do that and you got your kids on the road, they're still up at 7 a.m. and they're going. Yeah. Until about the time when we start getting ready for our show. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll bring them out every now and again. We've got to pick and choose and make sure the wives are, are well rested and, and yes. They're not planning on us uh, doing all the heavy lifting because it is exhausting. Right. It really is. It's kids all day and then playing a show. I think after two days, we were like, this once a year mm-hmm. to get an extra bus, bring everybody out is about right. So right. we've we've picked a, a couple shows um, already for later on this year to have them out where we're like near an amusement park or yep. it's a it's a show that is tied to something very family oriented where the mm-hmm. kids can just you know it, where it's easy, but. Some of those bands that just bring their kids out and like homeschool them and do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't get it. I, I don't get where some people have that energy that just never goes away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, I, 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 I appreciate them, but I don't, I right. do not understand it. I look forward to the merch table that will have the t-shirt that reads the, uh, anywhere near a six flags tour in just all those cities. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So there were two things that kind of leapt out for me that I thought were really cool about about how you guys have done. First of all, a uh, country award nomination. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, what year was that? What What was the album, and and how'd that feel for you? Uh, so we won the ACM award for best song in two thousand thirteen. I could be wrong. I think I think I was there. Uh, yeah. yeah, and we were nominated for uh, Grammy and got to go to the Grammy Awards mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But so of all the awards we've been nominated for, we've We've won one ACM, right? Which is which is which is great. I mean, I, sometimes I, I wish there were more. Sometimes I feel like that's more than we deserve. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I find that ha- that happens depending upon how many of my friends are equally successful or more successful. As they're like, ah, oh, I, sh- I should have more now. Or it's like, oh no, they didn't get that. You know what? This is fine. This is fine. This yeah, is, yeah, exactly, exactly. I got the one. Mm-hmm. Um, we should we should make T-shirts that say it's just an honor to be nominated. Yes. At this point, <laughs> yep. Exactly. And then when you're not nominated, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I was kind of saying that in jest before, but now it would just be an honor to be nominated. Right. But still, yeah, we with a, 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 gra- oh, a Grammy nod is still, is still great. Not complaining. Yeah. Yes. One thing we learned about the Grammys is there's the there's the big award show. Yes. And then there's the pre-award show. Ah. Which is in a different room. Yes. You still walk the red carpet mm-hmm. to go to the, and you still go to the main show, mm-hmm. but your award's actually given out in like this little auditorium. Yes. Without all the fanfare. And so uh, mm-hmm. we went all the way out to LA and our expectations were high. Right. It was a little underwhelming. Sure. Yeah. Also because yeah, yeah. we didn't win. Mm-hmm. But again, yeah. great experience. You know, we'd do it again in mm-hmm. a heartbeat and maybe mm-hmm. you never know. Uh, we're, we're still out there out there and doing it. But we, we had an album called Life at Best that had a couple really, really big mm-hmm. songs for us. Uh, a song called Even for Breaks Your Heart, mm-hmm. which uh, was a song that we were really passionate about. The label wasn't so sure. Uh, they didn't totally get it. Didn't think it was going to fit the format, but ended up being a big number one and a, a song that a lot of people just really internalized. I think there's this moment when you have a song, it no longer becomes your own. It becomes part of someone else's story. And that lyric, the lyrics of that song are just really meaningful. Um, it's about following your dreams and mm-hmm. uh, people really latched onto that, which 
awards or no awards, that song uh, was career making for us. And to hear the, the stories from people and the way that the, it's impacted them, like has made them go off and do something right. where they were, weren't sure if it was, you know, going to be right. It's, it's helped a lot of people follow their passions mm-hmm. and we love hearing those stories and that, um, you know, it's one of those little perks about what we do that you never, you never really think about when you're just looking to, uh, meet girls and, and get free beer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing that, that leapt out for me and I thought, well, this is so cool. Um, you were on Conan. Yes. Yeah. We How? were, we were actually in Conan in Dallas. He did, he did a string of shows Oh no. Yeah. I remember that. That's right. Yeah. Yes. How was it? That was, it, Conan was great. Yeah. He, he was great. He, he talked to us backstage after the show for quite a while, Yep, which was awesome. Um, and we did Letterman back in the day and, mm-hmm. and David Letterman doesn't talk to anybody. No. The, the old school, I guess that was, you've got that from Carson. Yes. Where you don't want to ruin what might be like a nice fresh moment by exactly. talking to someone before. Like we're the, the music act. You don't talk to us anyway, but fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get that. Yeah. Uh, did uh, Leno a couple of times and he was great. I mean, he, he came by and visited with us before the show, you know, wearing his jean shirt. Of course. And is, you know, the whole, the whole thing. It was like exactly like you wanted him to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but doing those late night shows are fun. I mean, yeah. Getting to to perform the Ed Sullivan Theater, which you know, of course, of course, now Colbert would love to be on yeah. on Colbert's show, but um, yeah, all those those guys are are really nice, really genuine, and they part. I think part of their magic is taking the time mm-hmm. with all of these guests. You think about how many guests they have in the course of just a week, yeah, uh, and to be personal with all of them, mm-hmm. and, yeah. Did Letterman ask your drummer, "Are those your drums?" Is that a thing? That's a I, thing. That is a thing. I believe I have the line <laughs> right, but there's a there's a um, an edited like a, a cut together clip of him on the show whenever a drummer is is part of the outfit he, he will make a point of like you know shaking hands with him and goes are these your drums are these your drums are these like every oh, and it's great. just such a low i believe that's what he says to them and uh and yeah so just and they're, and they're usually not when you're playing no. up in new york you're usually not there on tour you're, yeah. you're renting your gear yeah and he may be funny of how many of those kits were actually the exact same exactly thing. you see that that should be like the running total underneath this is like yes it is ding yes it is ding no it's not <laughs> you know no, like that so what is what is the album you're touring on now uh the album we're touring on right now uh is love talking i'm trying to think of the, the single we're, we're touring right now is uh break up in a bar but mm-hmm. the album's called love talking mm-hmm. and it's a we we wrote you know, 100, 100 plus songs kind of over that COVID period and recorded yeah, 10 of them. Yep. Uh, we've got a, a lot more. We're actually in the works right now talking about how we're going to get the rest of that music out. If it's going to be an album, if it's going to be going and put, cutting a bunch of songs and then just kind of trickling them out once every few weeks. Right. And that's another thing, you know, that as you know, has just changed so much over the, the course of our careers is the way people consume music and mm-hmm. Are albums still relevant? Are people, is radio still relevant? Right. Do people know what compact discs are? Or mm-hmm. we probably sell more, we, we sell more vinyls on the road than we do yeah. CDs by far, mm-hmm. which I think is great. Whether they just hang on somebody's wall or if they mm-hmm. get played, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. I uh, I went to a show and the opening band, I was like, uh, like this really, really, really young, but fun kind of punk outfit, very kind of new wavy, like sort of in the, in, in that vein. It reminded me of like early talking heads, but faster and, and more dumb. And uh, I was mm-hmm. like, Hey, I will go, I'm going to support a band. That's what, that's what this old guy's going to do. I'm going to support a band. I'm going to buy their album. And so I went over and said, Hey, I'd love to buy your album. And they went cool. And they showed me the cassette. And I was like, well, I'm not going to buy your album. <laughs> 
Really? Yes, they were trying were they to just, sell sets. I was like, are they just, were they just trying to be ironic? I guess it's like maybe they're allergic to money. I don't know. Maybe that's the thing. <laughs> But uh, I found them on Bandcamp, and they're fine. And it's like, uh, if, that's great. Yeah, if you want to, they're called Hugh Man. Get it? Hugh, Hugh Man. Man. I like it. Right? I like it. Yeah, yeah. they're kind of fun. <laughs> that sound means it's time for the joke. So Jonathan <sighs> is now racking his brain because no one on his team told him that he had to sign up for this. No. So uh, Jonathan, I, as I will recap, this is a, a podcast. This is okay. So here's one. This is a celebration of street jokes. They can be dirty. They can be clean. No isms, no obias. That's all we ask. So Jonathan, <laughs> you can take a second to compose. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna tell a joke that I hate. Do it. Uh, Let's do it. It's our, it's our drummer's favorite joke. To oh, been telling it. Awesome. We were roommates since like freshman year in college, mm-hmm. we were 18. So going on like 25 years now, I've heard this joke yeah. and. It never lands well. Okay. And I don't think it's very funny. Perfect. Let's so do it. That's exactly what I want to hear right this, here. This, uh, oh God. All right. So the scientist is, uh, researcher is doing some, I'm probably going to tell a joke totally wrong too. Thank God he's not here to correct me. <laughs> uh, is, is doing some tests on a frog. And so he wants to see, um, this has to do with a frog jumping. The joke's actually called Jump Frog Junk for some reason. Okay. Um, so I love that there's a title he, for the uh, joke. That's great. So yeah, he, he's, he's, He's got this frog, and, and so he cuts off one of his arms, and he says, jump, frog, jump, and the frog jumps. He says, okay, writes down his findings. All right, frog jumps. So he cuts off his other arm. He says, jump, frog, jump, and the frog kind of sadly just jumps up a little bit. He's like, oh, writes that down, and then he cuts off one of his legs. Mm-hmm. He says, jump, frog, jump, and the frog does his best. He kind of gets up there in that one leg and kind of mm-hmm. hops a little bit. He writes that down. And he cuts off his other leg and he says, jump, frog, jump. And the frog just lays there. Well, then he writes down his findings like, okay, I have concluded that after you remove all four of the frog's legs, he loses his hearing. (laughs) I I didn't laugh the first time nor any of the other times he's told that, but. Beautiful. For some reason, that, that came to mind. Nope. There you go. That's fantastic. Jonathan, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, my pleasure. This was fun. Thank you for listening to OK So Here's One, a podcast celebrating street jokes. And thank you to Jonathan Jones for coming on, telling his joke. You can follow them or get information on them at EliYoungBand.com. You can find merch there, all of their uh, social media handles, everything you need to know about Eli Young Band, uh, and to a lesser extent, Jonathan. Again, thank you for coming on. You can find 23 seasons of the previous podcast we did, Comedy Above the Pub, that feature many guests that you're about to hear. Jonathan, again, new to the show, new to me, actually, and I'm so happy he was able to come on. If you're interested in finding out uh, what we did previously for 23 seasons, you can do so at ComedyAboveThePub.com or wherever fine podcasts are available. The show is produced by Darcy Finder. The music is done by Larry Bryant. The artwork is done by Wojtek Arkaszewski. And uh, if you have a joke that you want us to tell on air, you can send it to us. It can be dirty or clean, just not racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, or xenophobic. Or as we like to say, no isms, no obias. Send your jokes to jokes at oshopod.com. That's jokes at oshopod.com. That stands for OK, so here's one pod. You can send your questions and comments about the show to show at oshopod.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and TikTok at oshopod. You can also follow me personally on the same platforms at Hey, It's TBA. For my upcoming performances, uh, comedy, 
That's what I do. Uh, you can check out hastva.com slash calendar. Uh, you can join our Patreon. Uh, here at the podcast for $3 a month and you get the full raw unedited video feed that we do when we're uh, creating these podcast episodes for you you get bonus perks plus you get extra jokes and these are all available at patreon.com slash oshopod I'm Todd Van Allen on behalf of myself Jonathan Jones and the no longer erstwhile Darcy thank you for listening to Okay So Here's One a podcast celebrating street jokes Jimmy, Bobby, Monty you are always the podcasts. 